Welcome to Coffee to Go, where we center ourselves in the seasons, scriptures, and holy days of the Christian tradition. I'm Karen Peter, here with Blake Smith, and we welcome you on the journey. And our journey is with Jesus. So where is Jesus this week? Well, we are still in ordinary time. We are still learning by observing and participating in what Jesus preaches and teaches. And so we are with Jesus on the way to Jerusalem. And our scripture today is part of that journey and part of uh, the teaching that Jesus does. And it's really helpful as we listen today to understand that at this time, Matthew is writing this gospel. So I think Blake has said that many times. Jesus didn't write this. <laughs> Whoever Matthew was, wrote this and or whoever claimed to be Matthew or whoever this was attributed to gave the name Matthew. Whoever wrote this was writing in a period of time where identity was forming and the Jewish community no longer considered Jewish Christians to be acceptable. And so there was a separation and a division that was happening. And at the same time, Jewish Christians who were forming into communities weren't too thrilled about welcoming Gentile kind of latecomers um, in to community without establishing who was here first and who was not here first. So a little status was happening there. And so questions were emerging about who was more authentic, who was the more authentic Jesus follower, who was the more privileged Jesus follower. And Jesus, as was his custom to quote the New Testament, addressed this with a story or a parable. So keep it that in mind when you hear the parable. So, Blake, did I set that up okay? You did indeed, actually. Um, yeah, I, when I read this, I think about the, the thief on the cross beside Jesus, who just at the last minute goes, oh, my gosh, forgive me, God. And Jesus says, ah, today you will be with me in paradise. Like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I <laughs> he, know. <laughs> he, he's got to do I a little know. bit more than that, right? <laughs> oh, okay, so tiny little tangent. I had a friend who um, we were having a conversation, like, who gets to go to heaven? And I'm like, well, everybody. <laughs> like, everybody goes. Doesn't matter. What? It's What about people who do that? Everybody goes. You know, God loves and wants to be reconciled. Everybody, that's God's purposes. Those are human judgments. We make human mistakes. Blah, blah, blah. Go through the whole thing. And at the end, she was so frustrated with me. She goes, are you telling me that I have been good my whole life for nothing? (laughs) (laughs) So I think sometimes as Christians, we kind of get that. We get that perspective, don't we? It's not like you've lost out because you've been good. (laughs) They get the same thing I get. and I I could have been having fun. (laughs) I could have been getting drunk and having fun. Whatever. (laughs) Whatever. Anyway. All right. So our passage does come from the gospel according to Matthew, the 20th chapter, and it is the first through the 16th verse. And it is the story we know so well as the laborers in the vineyard. And it does raise hackles a little bit for those of us who think about fairness in particular ways. So here we go. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for denarius for the day, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, you also go into the vineyard, 
and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around. And he said to them, why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. And he said to them, you also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received a denarius. Now, when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received a denarius. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I gave to you. Am I not allowed to do what I chose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. You know, without being direct over the last couple of uh, weeks, we've been talking about um, themes of justice and mercy in the kingdom of God. And so we ought not to be surprised when we read this passage that God's justice is not what we often think about when we hear the word justice. For us, I think sometimes justice is when people get what they deserve, like when good people or should I say people we see as good get just rewards and bad people or people we see as bad get just punishment. That's justice. That's fair in today's world, but that's not God's justice, and that's not God's fairness. In God's kingdom, everyone has access to abundant life because it's God's to give. It doesn't matter when folks sign on to be disciples. It just matters that they sign on, and all of the benefits of being a disciple are theirs because, again, it's God's to give. I remember seeing a cartoon one time that uh, made a distinction between reality, equality, equity, and justice. And in the cartoon, there are three people standing outside a privacy fence where a baseball game is in progress. One person is tall enough to see over the fence, and one is almost tall enough to see over the fence, and the third one is nowhere near tall enough to see over the fence. They're all standing on the ground, and they don't have any support. This is reality. One person sees the other two don't. In the second panel of the cartoon, each of the characters is standing on a crate of equal height. And now person one and person two can see over the fence. And this is equality. They all have the same thing. They all get the same. But in the, four, uh, in the third panel, each character is given the support that they need to see over the fence. So the short one gets three boxes and the Tall one doesn't need a box, and the middle one gets a couple of boxes, but now they can all see over the fence. And in this panel, um, that is equity, that they're getting what they need. In God's kingdom, it's, it's even more. In the fourth panel of the cartoon, no support is needed because the privacy fence has been replaced by a chain link fence, and all can see without obstacles. Everyone has what they need because 
Fairness is deeply connected to compassion and generosity about making everything available to everyone. Um, and so it has nothing to do with what we deserve, and it has everything to do with God's loving care for all of creation. This is justice in the kingdom of God. That's such a good example, Blake, of what you don't even think about, right? What justice is, is dismantling the fence or making the fence see-through. You know, think about right. that. Sometimes we get caught up in what's already established without thinking what are the systems and institutions that are keeping an unjust system alive or an unjust practice alive. And we need to change that, not just the immediate need. Right. We we don't know why the workers, I mean, were this a real story? We don't know why the workers didn't get there until five o'clock. Maybe yeah. they were taking care of family. Maybe they didn't have transportation. May All of these things. And but we make assumptions, of, right? We make right, assumptions. exactly. Well, yeah. they're just lazy. They they didn't right. want to be in the heat. They're just lazy. So, but in the kingdom and, of God, take away all the obstacles and and just make everything fair in God's eyes. I think we we do that so um, so much right now because we're such a divisive um, society right now, a divisive culture that we're making assumptions about the others. But it, we also make um, clear divisions. I was here first. So I, I, I deserve whatever, right? So, um, Ray and I lived in, in the hills of Arkansas for a short time. And well, short time, we were there four or five years. And after we had been there probably two or three years, I felt like part of the little community on our hill. There were five or six families on our hill and I felt part of that. And we were invited to come to dinner at one of the neighbors and we went and we were having a conversation and all of a sudden, I heard the word newcomers and I said, who are you talking about? And the person got kind of red faced and it's like, well, we're talking about you. And I said, newcomers, we've been here for two or three years. And she said to me, oh, honey, you're not from here. You'll be a newcomer all your life. Oh. And I think about that. We make those judgments about people. I was here first and that's how it's going to be no matter what you do. Right. Um, yeah. 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 Well, I have to, God's I have to make yeah, I have to make a confession. My wife and I work at um, a food pantry um, on a weekly basis here in our community. And there are people who I know have the ability to probably get to the pantry at about three o'clock and get in line. And they're always the first person in the door at 530 when we open. And then there's a lady who comes in regular basis and she comes in in her work uniform. She barely gets there before closing time. and in normal circumstances, she would get what's left over. But because right. because we're regulars, I now tuck some things away that I know that she'll like because it's not her fault. She can't get there. You know, and it's like, yeah. well, I got here first. I should get the best choice. Well, mm -hmm. you know, that's not always the case. So, I mean, I, yeah. those, those things help me to remember that. Yeah. And if we're talking about the kingdom of heaven, the the next logical step is that is that we dismantle the systems that make it where people who are working poor simply do not have enough to live on. Right. So we want to talk right. about fair minimum wage, which brings up all kinds of red flags for some people because we're not supposed to talk about those things. But if we're going to see how this scripture affects our life, we yeah. have to look at those things. Right? Yeah. 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 So one of the yeah, and one of the places to start of that, I think, because we're dealing with with pay and stuff is is to just look at the issue of of the economic factors that shape how we perceive others. And so 
how do we have one of the questions we might ask ourselves this week is how do economic factors shape my perspective about others, how they dress or, you know, whatever um, about them? Do I make judgments about them and and their choices without any knowledge Um, and and then what's fair for them and for me? Uh, Another was is how is God's fairness different than my own? And finally, I would just say, uh, are there things that I am doing that seem fair to me, but might actually be unfair to others? Well, now you're going to make us look a little deeper with that, aren't you, Blake? (laughs) Yes, there are. And and I guess the next thing is, what do I do about that? And I think one of the things we can do this week as we try to experience this scripture is look at how we define our own status or position, because that drives what we think is fair, what we think is just. We have a tendency to really um, perceive ourselves based on what our status or position is. So this week, identify one thing that you do or one thing that you wear or one thing that you say that actually reflects your status or position. So on my emails, when I send an email, it says, you know, Karen Peter, uh, president of 70, um, something, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's, that's a, that's a position. Or if I want to extrapolate a status, right? So why is that on my email? Why is that important to have on my, on my email? Uh, maybe it's something that you wear that declares you a fashionista and you want everybody to know that you know all about the latest fashions. Or maybe there's an expensive piece of jewelry or an expensive watch that you wear that proclaims your economic status. Um, maybe you always have the latest cell phone or the latest laptop or the latest technology, whatever that may be. And that that proclaims your economic status. So Mm. this week, whatever that is, whatever item you're identifying, leave it behind this week. Don't wear the watch. Don't use that email signature. Um, And then at the end of the week, reflect, how did leaving that behind affect you or, or not? Maybe it didn't have an effect on you at all on how you see yourself and others. If I take that off my email signature and I'm just Karen with my contact info, um, how does that affect how I see myself when I send that email? It's funny that it's funny that you say that I just this last week, um, I noticed in an email, uh, I'd had previous conversations with an individual where they had said, you know, titles aren't important, important to me. Um, but then I happened to notice in an email that I received that at the salutation at the end, their name was like in fi- uh, size 10 font and their s- title was like in size 20. Oh, my. Yeah. Twice as big as their name. It's like, oh, well, titles might matter a little more than you think. Could yeah. have been an accident, but it was really telling to me. So, Yeah, absolutely. So that would be a good thing to not, not do this week if we're going to really try to experience what it means to look through the lens of God's realm and God's sense of justice and God's sense of fairness. So I think we need a blessing to do that. Do you have one? All right. Absolutely. Let's do that. So here's our blessing for today. Together, may we dismantle systems, privileges, 
reactions, and rules that benefit those with plenty and beat down those who go without. Let us spend our resources, energy, skills, ideas, and finances to lift up fair trade and a fair wage. May we give our voice and vote to provide access to health care, child care, education, and affordable housing. Let us move from caring most for our own abundance and care as deeply for all to have enough. Amen. So that wraps up another episode of Coffee to Go here. We're glad that you joined us, and we invite you to join us again next week here at Coffee to Go for the next part of our journey through the liturgical seasons and holy days of the Christian tradition. Mm -hmm.